What's up, guys? Welcome to the Fesh Fit Podcast, where we talk about all things strength, conditioning, technique, and mindset to help you crush your dancing goals. In today's episode, we're talking about muscle fibers and how to get more power in your dancing, how many reps of an exercise you should do for maximum results, and the biggest mistakes I see when it comes to these areas. Before we get into things, I want to let you know that in this episode, we are going to get into some more science-y like terms. And if you're anything like me, when people start mentioning scientific terms I've never heard of, my brain shuts off. Therefore, I'm going to try my absolute best to break things down for you guys so you get a clear understanding of muscle fibers and how strength training plays a role in muscle fiber recruitment without completely zoning out. If you listen to this episode and you learn something new, please take 30 seconds and leave a review and tell me in your review something you learned from this episode. This helps me grow the show and also get a better idea of what kinds of things you guys like learning. And in all honesty, I love seeing reviews and I love seeing your ratings because it lets me know that I'm on track with teaching you guys things you want to know. All right, let's get into today's topic. The first thing we are going to talk about is muscle fibers. If you want to build a ton of power and pop in your dancing, it's crucial you understand where that power comes from and how to train your muscles to improve it. Our muscles are made up of muscle fibers. I'll often hear the term muscle fibers get tossed around in Irish dance world, but I haven't really heard anyone take time to break down what they are, how they work, and why they matter in your training, so I wanted to get into this today. Muscle fibers are the individual cells that make up muscles and are responsible for generating force and movement. There are three different types of muscle fibers. First, we have slow twitch, also known as type 1 fibers, which are oxidative fibers, and I'll talk more about what that means in a minute. Second, we have fast twitch oxidative glycolytic muscle fibers, also known as type 2A fibers. And third, we have fast twitch glycolytic fibers, also known as type B and or type 2X fibers. These fibers differ in their contractile and metabolic properties leading to different purposes and functions. Okay, that was a lot of words, so let's break down what all that actually means. So we have muscle fibers, right? Okay, so they're the cells that make up our muscles. And each kind of muscle fiber, okay, the three different kinds, have unique characteristics and purposes. And we're gonna get into each of them. First, we have type one muscle fibers, AKA our slow twitch fibers. Think of these as like your long distance or uh, running or jogging or walking muscle fibers. Type one muscle fibers rely on oxygen as their main fuel source. Therefore, we refer to them as oxidative fibers. Oxygen, oxidative, get it? A more common way we may hear someone refer to oxidative um, is using the term aerobic. 
So aerobic simply means with oxygen. So when we do aerobic exercise, your like water aerobics, your body is usually using energy systems that rely on oxygen because aerobic with oxygen. The key takeaways for type 1 muscle fibers are that they need oxygen, they contract slowly, and are slower to fatigue than type 2 muscle fibers. So type 1 muscle fibers are that friend can't run very fast, but they can run forever. That would be a type 1 muscle fiber. These can be helpful for getting through long dance workshops or long dance classes, and they do help us with getting a strong cardio base in dance, But if we want a lot of attack and power and speed in our dancing, we'll need a lot more help from our fast twitch muscle fibers, our type 2A and our type 2BX fibers. So let's get into type 2A fibers next. Type 2A fibers, aka the first type of fast twitch muscle fiber, relies on a combination of both quick energy production, glycolytic, and a more sustained oxygen-dependent process, oxidative. So remember, in the type 1 fibers, we talked about what oxidative means, okay? It means that it relies on um, processes that involve oxygen to get energy. Let's go over what glycolytic means, okay? So we have oxidative, and then we have glycolytic. In super simple terms, Glycolysis is a quick way for your body to break down sugar, aka glucose, to make energy. It's a fast process that doesn't need oxygen and helps your muscles get rapid bursts of energy for short, intense activities. So if a muscle fiber is glycolytic, it means it relies on breaking down glucose to make energy, opposed to oxygen to make energy. And to circle back around, type 2A fibers use both glycolytic and oxidative energy production. So they rely on both processes that involve breaking down sugar for energy or glucose, and they also use processes that involve oxygen to produce energy. Type 2A muscle fibers contract relatively quickly and are moderately fatigue resistant. I like to think about them being um, like a 400 meter or 800 meter runner. We use both type 2A and the next muscle fiber we're going to talk about, type 2BX in Irish dancing. And that brings us into the next category of muscle fibers. So the third main type of muscle fibers are type 2B and type 2X. The reason these two muscle fibers, because we have type 2B and type 2X, but we kind of group them together, the reason we group them together is because they share a lot of common characteristics. They help us with big, quick bursts of energy, but they don't last very long. An example would be when we do a, like lift a really heavy weight, or we sprint as fast as we can, or we do, do like a huge plyometric explosive movement. To summarize this all, okay, because I know we talked about a lot, we have type one slow twitch fibers, which aren't as powerful, but they last a lot longer. Thus, they're great for endurance sports like long distance running, cycling, and other aerobic activities. We have type 2A fibers, which are like the in-between fibers in that they produce more power than type 1 fibers, but less than type 2B slash X fibers. And they have moderate fatigue resistance, so they last, you know, kind of long, but not that long. 
And then we have type 2B slash X fibers, which are grouped together, which are the most powerful muscle fibers, and they contract very quickly, but they also fatigue really easily. So why do these different muscle fibers matter when it comes to rep ranges and rest time in your workouts and building power? And like, why should you care? Lifting heavier weights typically recruits type two muscle fibers. I'm going to repeat that because it's very important. Lifting heavier weights typically recruits type two muscle fibers. When you lift heavier weights, the higher resistance demands more force production. Fast twitch, AKA type two muscle fibers, especially the type two B slash X fibers, that uh, second type of type two muscle fiber we talked about, are recruited to generate the increased force needed to lift heavier loads. So that means if you want to build power, if you want to be able to produce a ton of force when you dance and get off the ground and stand out on the competition stage, you wanna be training your fast twitch fiber fibers by lifting heavier weights. If you don't have weights, you can also do this through advancing calisthenic movements. So I'm not gonna get too much into the nitty gritty of that, but if you're listening and you're like, God, I don't have access to weights and there's no way I can get access to weight. There are ways that you can stimulate type two muscle fibers through calisthenics. It's just a little bit trickier. The stimulation of type two muscle fibers usually happens in the one to six ish rep range with heavier weights. Repetitions, if you know if you're brand new to strength training, repetitions is just how many you do of an exercise. So like if you were gonna do five squats, that would be the term would be five reps or five repetitions um, in the world of strength training. Now rep ranges aren't black and white. Building strength and power usually happens between like the one to six-ish rep range. So it's not like as soon as you get to the seventh rep, your type two muscle fibers shut off. Um, that's why I say one to six-ish. Lifting lighter weight for more reps typically recruits more type one muscle fibers. Remember, type one muscle fibers are your endurance muscle fibers, okay? When we do 15 plus reps, we're focusing more on improving muscular endurance. In between that rep range, so like I said, one to six is more like strength and power, and then we have um, 15 plus is like all endurance. So in between that rep range from like seven to 14, it's more of a combination of both muscle fiber types being recruited. Here's a general breakdown of the different rep ranges and what kind of muscle fibers they recruit. So low reps, one to six, primarily activates type two muscle fibers, promoting strength and power. Then we have moderate, so that'd be like seven to 14-ish reps engages both type one and two type two fibers, contributing to hypertrophy. And hypertrophy is just a fancy word for muscle growth and then also strength. High reps, so 15 plus, mainly targets type one muscle fibers promoting muscular endurance. What this means for your own training is that if you're an Irish dancer wanting to improve your power, you'll wanna do some higher weight, less rep exercises in your program. But this doesn't mean you only can do high weight, low rep exercise in your program. For example, there are some stability exercises like banded sidewalks where it can be helpful to incorporate higher reps 
in your program, even if you're working on power, because we want to still have great endurance in our st stabilizer muscles to get through an entire dance class. Or we don't want to be totally dying 20 seconds into our dance because all we did was power exercises. Irish dancing can be tricky because it's a combination of both power and endurance. And there are different ways to address this in your training. Some people like to do full periodization models where they have phase one where they just focus on higher rep endurance exercises then they have phase two where they focus more on hypertrophy then they have phase three when they focus on power etc etc and this can be an effective model for some dancers but what recently what i've been really liking is training multiple areas in each session and then just emphasizing certain ones depending on what you are working on in that in whatever part of your competition uh, year you're in. For example, an off-season workout will typically start with plyometrics, aka explosive work, then go into heavy strength training. And if a dancer is further out from a competition, we may incorporate more heavy strength training in that area because they usually don't have as many dance classes in the off-season or aren't practicing quite as much. So they can prioritize strength work. Then after that, we'll have some hypertrophy and muscular endurance exercises. That way, you're continuing to improve your power as you still maintain some level of endurance so you can get more powerful, but you can still get through your long dance classes. Either method works. Um, it's just really a matter of trying different methods to see what, like you, what you like better. When we talk about rep ranges, it's also important we talk about rest times in between exercises. It's a common myth that less rest is always better in between exercises. It's also a common myth that if a workout feels harder because you rest less, it means it's more effective, which definitely isn't true. I had an in-person client who used to lift pretty heavy, um, and then they try to take super short recovery times between heavy, in between heavy squats. And then they'd get to the third round and wouldn't be able to lift as heavy because they didn't give themselves enough recovery time. And instead of increasing the recovery time, they would just beat themselves up and tell themselves they were lazy or not trying hard enough, when in reality, it was simply because their rest times were too short in between exercises. And when I educated them on this and they increased their rest time in between their heavy squats, they were able to squat heavier and they were able to get a lot stronger. In between sets, our body is replenishing our energy storages. So if we don't take enough rest time, we are setting ourselves up for frustration. As far as the exact recovery times in between exercises, it's not 100% black and white, but here's a general guideline. So if you're, if you're wanting to increase power, you'll want to rest in between like two to five minutes. And the reason that is, is because longer rest periods allow for maximal recovery between sets, ensuring that you can exert maximum power in each set. This is crucial for explosive and high intensity exercises like Olympic lifts or plyometric work. Okay, second is strength, and if you want to get as strong as possible, you'll want your rest time in between exercises to be about 90 seconds to three minutes. And this range helps you maintain strength, strength levels across multiple sets. So it's not like you get to your third set and then all of a sudden can't lift anymore because you know you are way too tired or have to drop your weight by a lot because you are too tired to complete the whole set. 
Then third, we have hypertrophy, okay, AKA muscle growth. The rest period for hypertrophy is between 60 and 90 seconds. Last, we have endurance. So if you're working to build your muscular endurance, you only need short rest periods of about 30 seconds to a minute or even less. Short rest periods are common in endurance training because you are working on improving your cardiovascular and, well, muscular endurance. It's important to note, once again, that these are all general recommendations and the way your body will respond is very individual. Additionally, selecting exercises and intensity and like overall workout design can influence your rest periods. The most important thing is to listen to your body and adjust rest periods based on how well you recover between sets while still challenging yourself to meet your specific goals. Okay, we've talked about muscle fibers, rep ranges, and recovery time so far. And before we wrap things up, I wanna get into some of the most common mistakes I see dancers make when it comes to everything we've talked about so you can avoid them. Number one, we have becoming obsessive over the exact amount of reps we do, weight we use, and rest times. A lot of Irish dancers um, tend to be very type A, perfectionist, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, we just want to be aware of it because when we are very type A, when we have very perfectionist type mentality, it's easy to get obsessive over like making everything 100% exactly right like it's written down. <laughs> and what we talked about today um, are some guidelines. For example, if you wrote down you are going to do five reps of a 130 pound squat one day, but your energy is lacking and you can only do four reps, that's okay. You're a human, you're not a robot, and sometimes you aren't going to be able to perform exactly how you wanna perform. Take rest times and rep ranges more as guidelines versus the exact law you must follow in every single training session. And the last mistake I wanna talk about here is falling into the trap of Instagram-itis. <laughs> Instagram-itis is when you feel the need to add in a new fancy exercise you see on Instagram. The truth, guys, is that you don't need 10 new fancy Instagram exercises. You just need to stick to progressing foundational movement patterns and including some technique, flexibility, and Irish dance specific movement patterns in your program. Instagram fitness is designed to make you want to try new exercises and it's designed to make you question everything you do because it's designed around marketing. If you saw someone on Instagram just doing heavy squats twice a week, just increasing their weight slowly over time and taking long recovery periods in between each re each set, like that's not fancy to watch. That wouldn't grab your attention. Hence why most strength and conditioning coaches don't post that on Instagram. Like if my whole Instagram feed was like my doing five heavy squats and then resting for two minutes and then five more heavy squats and then resting for two minutes, that would be incredibly boring and I would get like zero engagement on it. Maybe I should try that as an experiment. But <laughs> anyways, instead of jumping from Instagram exercise to Instagram exercise, be intentional with what you are working to accomplish. Instead of asking yourself, what other exercises should I be doing? 
Ask yourself, what am I specifically wanting to accomplish from my training and what do I need to include in my program to do it? Once you've answered that question and put together your program, then stick with it for long enough. I mean at least 12 weeks, usually longer. That way you can actually see some outcomes versus just jumping from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. Okay, so that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. If you learned something new, please leave me a five-star review and tell me what you learned in this episode in your review. I do read every single review because it helps me learn about, about you guys and what you want to learn and improve the show. I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day, and I will talk to you next time.